Julie, what's up? Andrew, we had a break last week. We did for the 4th of July. Um, I I don't really sleep in much. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. And on July 4th, I was like, I'm not waking up today. Because <laughs> I was like, I have nothing to do today. So I could just <laughs> sleep. And then I was like, I woke up and I was like, oh, crap. Uh, we were supposed to record today. And I'm like going to a baseball game. And I'm like going to this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> It's like the, the only day I've had plans in like a long time. So how was last week? Well, for whatever reason, I've been waking up at four in the morning and laying in bed for a few hours, trying to go back to sleep. I know I'm supposed to just get up, but I was too lazy. So I just laid there looking at YouTube videos. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I love laying in bed looking at YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I s- sleep. Ugh, I hate sleeping. Sleeping is so stupid. <laughs> it's the biggest annoyance in my life right now. Last week for me was a little weird, but this week I'm back on track, I hope. So we move. But I heard this week something big is happening for you. So you want to tell the audience what that is? Tomorrow marks my one-year anniversary at Code Academy. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And this is your this is your first full-time Rails job, right? Yes. I this was my first opportunity to break into tech and I had a chance to reflect on my journey the past few days. Yeah. So you wanna you wanna talk about it? Sure. So well, I guess like first off, what what are your greatest hits? Like so like you've been there for a year and like a lot can happen in a year and congrats to making it to a year because I don't normally make it to a full year. <laughs> I was just thinking about this. I just hit my six month at Podia and I was like, wow, this is officially my third, no, second longest job or something like that. I, was, I, I normally don't make it that long. Uh, so congrats to making it to that. So what like, and a lot can happen in a year. So what are like some, you know, things that like, when you look back on, you're like, oh, wow. Like I really like accomplished the crap out of that. Well, it's interesting that you asked that because a lot of my accomplishments, I felt like were more geared towards things I did in the community and how many relationships I've developed in the year. For example, I am very big on pair programming and at work, I sought after people who I wanted to pair with and set up recurring sessions with them. And we just talk about anything, not necessarily coding. Uh, A lot of it is coding, but a lot of it is also kind of understanding the big picture and some of our challenges. And that was really important to me to make those connections. But I've also, (laughs) I went to, I went to RailsConf. This is a tangent, but also an accomplishment. Uh, My first tech conference. And I made so many meaningful connections there and also made an effort to pair with the people that I met there. So it was really exciting that these folks are willing to help me, the junior developer out and pair with me and let me ask them questions. And that is what I love about the Ruby community is that people do that. I mean, RailsConf is also the reason why this podcast exists, because if I 
had not come up to you and pitched my idea, you would never have said, I'm, I'll, I'll co-host with you. And <laughs> so along the way, I also broke out of my shell a little bit. Uh, I would say a couple of years ago, I would never do something like give a talk. And I gave my first talk at WNB.RB. And for anybody who doesn't know, it is a Ruby meetup for women and non-binary Rubyists. And we meet up every month, but there's so much more than just a meetup at this point. Yeah. It's, I, I, I just feel like anyone listening, like if you're in that group, you should definitely check out WNBRB because from the outside in, and like, I know several of the organizers, I'm like, this seems awesome. They always do events at RailsConf and RubyConf. They are helping like, you know, new speakers, like they're helping edit talks and like CFPs and stuff. So yeah, like go check out WNBRB. It's super Absolutely. cool. I wanted to say real quickly, like when you were like, okay, I want to be a programmer. Did you have this idea in your head that you wouldn't have to like talk to anyone and you could just sit in like a dark room and like code? Actually, yes, I do recall that being on my mind where I would not talk to anybody and I would be in a dark room. I still do stay in a dark room. However, even in my learning journey, the first year I was learning solo and it was not a very good experience for me. I just had so many questions and I didn't know who to go to and my progress was very slow. And in the second year, I learned in communities, just various communities, and I could see my progress excelling so much more and it was a lot funner. And so I think that is the reason why I reached out to mentors and asked to pair with them at work and I guess now outside of work too I think that's like the area that has helped me grow the most like hands down is like mentors you know just asking to pair with people randomly pairing with people randomly like hopping into like issues and stuff and being like oh I would like to help with this if you would help me so but yeah I also had that idea of like I'll because I'm very very introverted which people like don't like believe when they hear me online because they're like there's no way he's introvert i'm introverted as hell like when i come into a conversation my immediate like my first thought is like how do i get out of this conversation as quickly as possible <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i'm just like that like i there are often times where i just disappear during rails comp and just go lay in bed and just be like oh my god like there's so many people <laughs> uh but I, I was in college, like the last semester of college and I had this professor be like, if you guys think you're going to be one of those programmers that gets to sit in a dark room by yourself all day, you got another thing coming. <laughs> and he was right because coding and software engineering really is a kind of, the, it's a code problem, but really at the end of the day, it's kind of a communication thing. Like communication is such a big aspect of it. So that's, that's great to hear that like you kind of figured that out and you're like, okay, how do I get better at that? Okay. I need to find mentors. I need to find people who will like teach me um, because that's exactly what I did. That's awesome. There's one last uh, big accomplishment that I don't think I had a chance to talk to you about. And I think you might like this a lot. This will have been public by now because I was on the Ruby on Rails podcast last week where I shared this information. I helped co-found a new ERG at work. ND Academy, which stands for Neurodiverse. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, the 
co-chairs and I work together and helping create a safe space for anybody who identifies as neurodivergent. And we're just working on some cool things coming up, uh, bringing awareness and that kind of stuff. That's, that's super cool. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I mean, cause I've spent, I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't realize when I like first started being a professional that like, oh, you're not really supposed to talk about the fact that your mind's messed up, you know? <laughs> uh, and I was like, that's stupid. I'm going to do it anyway, because I feel like it defines me in a way. It's like, it's hard. I feel like it's hard to come into a conversation with me if you don't understand like the way I am, like that I have incredible ADHD um, and that I have all these other things. It's like, if you don't know that and you're like, why is he acting like this? <laughs> you know, like I even had, I was talking to Joe Maslotti, um, who runs Rails Devs, um, which is a job board for kind of freelance Rubyists to find work in the community, which is really cool. And Joe's an amazing person, by the way. Joe is awesome. Uh, we had a great conversation at RailsConf about view components and um, kind of hiring and all sorts of stuff. But he was like, our, I had a, we did a podcast with him on remote Ruby and like, I don't remember what was going on with me that, that day. I just remember like, it, it was not a good day for me. And I think like 15 or 20 or 30 minutes into the podcast recording, I was like, all right, I'm out. I was like, I can't focus. I'm done. I'm like, I'll see you guys next week. And just, just <laughs> left. Um, and I think Joe came up to, he's like, yeah, like at first I was like, dude, that's super rude or something like that. He's like, but then I kind of understood. And he's like, as I've gotten to know you more. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like you kind of have to understand that about some people to communicate with them. So I, I like, I love that you're doing that, like bringing more awareness to it, making it less of a stigma because it's not like everyone has something, right? I, I agree. And I recently got diagnosed with ADHD. It was like maybe six months ago. And you had mentioned basically that it helped kind of define you. And that's literally what happened to me. I basically lived most of my life, not really understanding why I was a little different. And once I learned that I was neurodivergent, it helped open so many doors for me. Uh, and I was able to start taking all of the masks off. I felt like I had to be a specific person and it was really exhausting. And I feel that a lot of that is part of why I'm so anxious all the time because I'm always afraid of how I'm being perceived. And now that the masks start coming off, I feel like I'm finally able to develop meaningful relationships. Yeah, like as your true self, right? Yes, I feel like I'm starting to live again. I don't know if that's the right term, but yeah, I, I feel like a completely different person. I, I agree. I, that's the way I felt because like, as, as anyone with ADHD, probably who has ever been diagnosed with it, like, I obviously did like six months of research prior to getting diagnosed with ADHD. I knew everything about it. I was like, I have ADHD. Uh, <laughs> but I felt like once I got that diagnosis, it was like this weight off my shoulders was just gone. It was like, all of a sudden it's like, there is a reason why I'm like this, but there's also now a path forward, right? There's like solutions and, you know, therapy and medication and all these other things you can do. But yeah, it's always fun to like encounter like this thing where in the past you had to be a certain way because of the ADHD or you have like some sort of like, 
like I have like these weird things where like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm doing this because like as a kid or as like when I was younger, like someone was like, oh, well, you're so annoying or like, you know, you you're you can't focus on me. And like this is a problem. And like there's all this weird little like trauma that will get regurgitated because of that, because like I didn't know I had ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so it's always yeah, it's a it, it if nothing else, it kind of brings a little bit of peace. So you had all these accomplishments. Congratulations. It sounds like, I mean, and you're not done, right? Like you're just, like, that's the cool part is like, you're just the very beginning. Like there's so much more that you're going to be able to do. And like in a year from now, we're going to be having this conversation again. <laughs> like, holy crap. Last year I knew nothing. And this year I'm like, I know so much more. And like, that's how I feel like year after year. It's like last year I was so stupid. I didn't know anything but this year, you know? And like the community stuff is especially is like, that stuff is, I feel more rewarding almost than like the stuff I do at work. Like I love my job, like for one of the first times ever, like since, uh-huh. since I left code fun a few years ago, I love my job, but it's like the accomplishments I get a job versus the accomplishments in the community feel different. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see how you progress in that, but with every, with every accomplishment, there is at least one, one oopsie, right? <laughs> so uh- I guess what was kind of hard for you? I guess one of the challenges was I would sit there for a few hours trying to do work and not understand why I couldn't sit there for a few hours doing a spike ticket or reading documents, trying to figure out how to solve my problem. And I would keep getting up every now and then, and I didn't understand why. And I guess that was part of the reason why I decided to go get help. Before that, in my previous job as a pharmacist, I never had to focus on any one thing for more than a couple minutes. So it was very accommodating to my ADHD. But now that I've understood, I've also learned how I can manage my challenges. So instead of trying to force myself to sit there for a few hours, I get to a point where I can't do it anymore, step away and then come back. The other thing is actually pairing, and that is probably why I pair so much as well, is they help me kind of stay on track. Like I am responsible for doing this because someone else is relying on me in that given moment. I don't know about you, but Slack is super distracting. Even if it's not in my window that I'm looking at. I might go back and take a look at, oh, it did someone respond. I actually don't have my notifications turned on for it for that reason, but I still go and look at it compulsively. And so uh, one of the great things about Codecademy is that there is a flexible work schedule. I also have two kids. So sometimes working around their schedule helps with my ADHD. And I often go back in and log in at night and start working then because I know nobody's slacking anybody and there's no distractions there. So it's really helpful to do that. One of my other challenges is this internal pressure to feel like I need to do things very quickly, like rushing to complete tickets. And I had a mentor tell me very early on, don't rush to complete the ticket make sure you understand what your code is doing because there could be some unforeseen consequences. And I've had a couple of instances where I didn't completely know what it was doing and I pushed it up 
resulting in having to revert a PR. Right. Yeah. I mean, having to revert a PR, like, I mean, I've, I've done worse. <laughs> you know? I, always, I, I feel that like so much. And like, I'm actually like fully triggered right now because like, I can't stay in my seat either. And like, I'm in like, I would call a slump. I'm in a bit of a slump right now. So like, I can't sit in my seat. I can't focus. And I feel like I'm not working fast at all. And I even said this to my manager, Pedro, the other day, I was like, I just like, I, I know I can do it. And I just can't right now. And I don't understand why. But it is like, I do feel that pressure too. Like I should be going faster. Like I'm, I'm a senior developer, quote unquote, like I should be moving faster. And I, I know I have the ability to do it because like when I pair with people, like I can do insane work like really quickly and like, you know, move mountains. But it's like, sometimes when I'm left to my own devices, it's like <laughs> nothing happens. I appreciate so much that you're saying this right now. It, it really helps me uh, not feel so bad when I get into these slumps. At the same time though, like if you give me a bug ticket, I could sit there for hours trying to figure the thing out. And for some reason I could super hyper-focus on that. I love bug tickets. Oh my gosh. You're like the only other person that I've heard that said they like bug tickets. Because they, <laughs> they're perfect because they have a specific start, a specific end, and you have, you know, when it's done. Yeah. That's probably why I also really like that where I need specific tasks. Like once I like, if I can check something off, then I know like th those are the types of tickets that I really like. Yeah, no, same. I, I even like, that's one of the reasons I'm struggling a lot right now is because there's a bunch of ambiguity in some of the stuff I'm working on re recently. And if I don't have a specific ticket, like I, I can't plan. <laughs> I have, I do not have the ability to plan. And I'm like been recently, like really trying to work on that, like on side projects, just like forcing myself to like write out tickets, think about like the workflow and all this other stuff, because I'm going to have to start doing that more at work. And I just, I hate it. I'm not good at it. It brings me like, it, I don't know. It makes me feel a certain way. And when I feel that way, I just like avoid the problem instead. So yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. I think I'm sure it'll get easier over time, but yeah, right now that's causing me some issues. I'm sorry to hear that. Life is life, you know? <laughs> I'll figure it out. Just like you figured it out, right? Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> Still figuring <laughs> it out. I mean, there's just be more and more things like moving forward. Like you encounter a problem, you figure it out. And then you're like, why did that even affect me like that? You know, just I, learning. I am definitely one of those people that dwell on my mistakes. And there's this, there's this really cool image out there. I don't know by who, but there's a picture of like a person with blocks of failures on their head, like weighing them down. And then on the next picture, there's a different person holding their failures, but stacking them like stairs and climbing up the stairs. And I think that's a great image for me to kind of remember like, yes, this is a mistake that I made, but I can learn from it and move on instead of having it weigh me down and continuously dwell on it. And I think I guess where I am now versus where I was before is if I made a mistake that could be really bad. But here I want to say like, maybe mistakes are almost welcome. Like we should celebrate our mistakes because then we can share that mistake with others and have everybody learn from it and then kind of move on from it. And I've noticed that 
some of the mistakes that I've made. I may make them again, but I'm more quick to move on from it and quick to like fix the mistake. So regardless, I'm learning from it. Yeah. I, I'm one of those people that like, well, it depends some (laughs) mistakes, uh, on some mistakes, like it's something like I'll make it once and then I'll never do it again. Um, some mistakes now I, I, I like to habitually repeat, but that's another thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get that. It's like, I, sometimes I dwell on mistakes. I don't like, it's weird. It, Cause I don't know about you, but like my like imagination and like memory is like crisp 4k. Like I, I, I can like, when I think back about like a mistake, like, or like something that happened to me, it's like, I can see it so vividly. And I think that's part of the reason that it bothers me so much is like, I can literally relive it. Mm. Um, but you know, I think exactly what you said, like, in, especially in software, it's like, you know, obviously it's not the same at every company, which is why I think you have to find the right company that does understand that like everyone makes mistakes, right? And it's like the quicker you make the mistake, the faster you can learn from it, the faster the team can recover from it, the faster they can put in like maybe safeguards to make sure that mistake doesn't happen again, right? Because a lot of the times I find mm-hmm. that when things make it out to production that are like broken or there's mistakes in it, that's a reflection also on the team and the processes that are in place. It's like, how did the, we let this get? Like, maybe our code review isn't very good. Maybe our test suite isn't very good. Maybe we should have done QA work and we didn't. Or, you know, it kind of exposes things that can be done better in the process. And it's not so much as like, oh, this developer messed up. It's like, well, we, our processes allowed something or allowed this mistake to make it all the way to production when it shouldn't have. And that can be like reflection time for like management. That's a really great point. And that also helps me feel better about pushing bugs into production. We all do it, right? (laughs) We all do it. Uh, I do it all the time. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I haven't done anything egregious yet. I don't think I've never dropped like a production database or anything like that. Although I better knock on, (laughs) knock on something, but I don't know. It's, I'm sure it'll happen one day. It won't be the end of the world. Um, And as long as you have like good things in place, like then it shouldn't be the end of the world, right? Like you should always be like planning for something to go wrong. So you've had all these accomplishments. You've had some failures. I'm assuming you've learned a bunch of stuff. I was like, I was thinking back to like my first year and I, I remember, and I know we, I think we touched a little bit on this last week. Maybe we didn't, but like I had a lot of imposter syndrome back then. I still do. And I also had a lot of communication errors. Like I was not good at communicating. Um, (laughs) I'm still getting better at that. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome at all? I do. I struggle with it almost every day. I feel like during retros for the past several retros, I have stated that I'm feeling like I'm not producing enough or whatever the case is. And I've learned that imposter syndrome never goes away. I'm talking to people like you who are seniors and they still have imposter syndrome. So I'm learning to manage my imposter syndrome by using it as a motivator to figure out what I need to focus on. Yeah. I, it's funny. It's funny that you say that. Like I have a meeting, I have like a weekly meeting with my manager at Podia and tomorrow like, and I've already, I've been thinking and already planning about this because each week he, we, we're, we're doing this new thing where uh, our manager and ourselves assigns us like a green, yellow, red, 
letter or a color mm. for each week. And it's like, you know, you're doing great. You're killing it, blah, blah, blah. Yellow is like, you know, maybe there's some things you need to improve on or et cetera. And like red is like, okay, we have like an actual problem. Um, and it's more of, I think it's more of like a way to be like, you know, just so everyone kind of knows where they stand. Right. And I've, I've never gotten anything other than green. And tomorrow I'm going to say yellow because like last week I didn't really get anything accomplished. I told you I've been in the slump, like, and I don't feel like I'm not feeling like I'm doing well. And I have a feeling that my manager's be like, that's not true. <laughs> you know, this is all in your head. So yeah, I, I totally identify with that. And yeah, you're right. Imposter syndrome never goes away. And I feel like people who say it does go away are either lying or that's just not their personality, right? Because I can totally understand that where people just don't have that in their DNA. Imposter syndrome never goes away. I struggle with it constantly. It, I'm constantly like, no, nah, I can't say anything about this. I'm just, I'm not smart enough, right? But that's not true. And it's not true for you either, right? It's just like something, I like what you said about making it a motivator. Maybe I need to try that too. I think one thing that I struggled with a lot when we were, when I was first getting started, it sounded like we were talking pre-show. It kind of sounded like this is something for you too. Is like, I don't advocate for myself a lot, right? It's like, or I didn't used to, I'm, I'm better about it more, but it's like, I have this idea and I'm like, I feel like this is the way things maybe should be or like whatever, but I don't speak up. Do you ever struggle with that? I do. I, if we're having a conversation and I didn't understand something, I will pretend I understood it and then later regret it because then I really have no idea what to do. So I found that advocating for myself has been really helpful. And my team and my company allows me to do that without me feeling like I'm being a burden or I'm not doing my job well. And I really appreciate that I've been able to advocate for myself now. Yeah. At least I'm getting important. better. It's it's it can become a problem. Like I I've been in a place where one of the lead developers was an asshole. And when you asked him questions, he made you feel like an idiot, right? Which is totally wrong, totally toxic, totally just all these bad, bad things. But when you work on a team where asking questions is encouraged, right? And because I had a boss say this to me one time, if you're stuck, you're not helping anyone by being stuck. Like you're hurting yourself. You're hurting, like not hurting the team, but the team doesn't benefit by you just staying stuck and staying silent, right? Um, so yeah, like at, like being in a space where you can ask those questions and not made to feel like an idiot. If you're made to feel like an idiot, you need to get out of there, right? Because that, that's a problem where you need to like talk to someone. But I, yeah, I, my thing, and I'll tell you right now, what I do is if I either am kind of hardly listening or like, maybe I understand the words you're saying, but I don't understand how they relate yet. I say, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly like that oh yeah that makes sense because like the words you said have made sense to me they just haven't like combobulated in my brain um all right so you got imposter syndrome advocating for yourself anything else you've learned we kind of wrap this up uh, yeah i have actually learned to be myself and kind of understand more of what are my weaknesses and what are my strengths i started reading this book called first break all the rules and something that stood out to me was to try not to focus so much on your weaknesses and improve them, but to tap into your strengths. So I've stopped trying to work on things that I knew that I wasn't good at and probably won't be good at and focusing on the things that I am good at and improving those more. Yeah. I, uh, it's hard, right? <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard when you see, like, I, I look at code all the time and I'm like, there's no way I could ever write that. 
which isn't true. I just can't write it right now. Uh, but yeah, not focusing on your weaknesses and being like, okay, well, what am I good at? I'm really good at being someone that like, like you're, let, let's say you're having a problem and I have no idea what you're working on, but you're like, I need help. I just need someone to pair. I am almost always the first one to be like, I'll pair with you. Let's figure this out. Right. I'm really good at that. What I'm not really good at is writing project stories. So, you know, I, I, I am often the first one in the chat that's like, I'll help you. Let's look at this together. Um, but I'm not the first one to be like, oh yeah, I'll write that project task. <laughs> right. But when like, I am often told like, it was really great to see you hop in and help so-and-so with that issue yesterday. I think we're kind of at the end of the day. So anything else you want to say about your past year? Not really, except that change is inevitable. And why I like to think about that is that I am such a different person today than I was a year ago. And I look back at how much I improved. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the key, right? It's like, because right now in this exact moment, I feel stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> when I think back, I'm like, holy crap, all the things I've accomplished in the past year, all the things I've learned, all the people I've met and impacted and like that have impacted me, it's like, I'm so much farther than I am. And it's like, even though I feel this way right now, I know that in another year, it's like, holy crap, I know so much more. I'm doing so much better. I know all these new things. So yeah, it's just a journey, right? It's not a sprint. And we're both at the very beginning of our journey. So yeah, it's hard to keep that time in perspective, but it is there. Well, congrats on your one year. That's awesome to hear. Um, and I think that wraps it for today. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. I'll see you next yeah. week. Bye. Bye.